This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Nation Wrestling, welcome to episode number 49 of NWA Crock and Roll. We are one episode away from the Big 5-0, um, and um, we, will, we won't share what we plan to do for that episode. We'll let it be a little bit of a surprise, but um, should be a big 50, so um, kind of cool to celebrate us having 50 episodes of this pod based on the journey we've been on and some of our prior episodes over the last few months where it got a little heated. So, uh, Dr. G, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing uh, great. This is uh, it was an interesting last show, so it should be interesting to see how things get fired up tonight. Yes, uh, Colin McDougal. Hopefully, you're doing well this evening. I am. Um, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, it's you know, it is it is what it is. I am I am ready to talk about these matches. Um. Some good, some not so good. Better than that <clears throat> dross that we watched the last time. Okay. Not, not the, yes. well, hey, not K- the last K- time. Kayfabe. K- <laughs> fuck, fuck, I'll edit it out. <laughs> hey, hey, stop, stop, stop. I'll edit it out. You don't have to. I think it's funny that you broke Bet- kayfabe. Just keep it in. Be- better, it than in. The, better than the, the dross we watched a, a couple of episodes ago. Mm, Fucked mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Still haven't recovered, apparently. Five minutes in. No, <laughs> no, no. We we had you know episode episodes forty seven and forty eight were very good, bad, and or indifferent. But it was really I've not recovered from from episode forty six. All right, and Scott Shiflet. Hey guys, uh, glad to be glad to be back um, and talking about uh, some interesting matchups that we have tonight. I I can't wait to you know hear everyone's takes because the last couple of episodes we've uh, been getting hot and heavy. Indeed we have. So um, this will be our second Bridge episode after a monthly watch. Um, so we, on our first uh, Bridge episode that we did at the end of April, we went back to 1985. Um, and it, we call these episodes a pre-Crockett match year spotlights. So this time we're going to 1984. So we're going backwards. And 1984 in the NWA is known as a year of change. And there's like this whole like youtube channel on there that has a lot of the 84 in it and it definitely has some interesting things not very good um and hopefully we'll find some good stuff here in 84 so our first match we're going to talk about tonight has the nature boy rick flair taking on gentleman chris adams it is from february 3rd 1984 um it is for the nwa title um and on our last pre-crockett match here spotlight we watched one uh for flair versus terry gordy that the majority of us liked um, Colm, you were not on that episode, but let's see what we, how we feel about Gentleman Chris Adams. Because overall, I tend to enjoy Gentleman Chris Adams. Um, overall, I've enjoyed him over the years. But anyway, so Adams is the American champ here, um, which, again, like we talked about in the past, would become a WCCW title after breaking away from the NWA. Sunshine is by his side. So Sunshine seems to be making the rounds in 85. Um, she um, Anyway, Sunshine was in our last episode, too, I think, when Ric Flair was macking on her. Uh, Flair is in a bright red robe. Flair gets Mike tells Sunshine she's the only woman in Dallas not cheering for Ric Flair tonight. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, Lawrence, who is on the commentary, keeps coming up with these terms for Flair and calls him like he's exotic and he's a peacock. And um, I have no idea what he's been smoking. He just calls Flair these weird things. Chris is super over here. There's some tie-ups, mat work, and breaks to start. I like Flair getting out of a hammerlock by lifting uh, Adams on shoulder and taking him to the corner. Um, he does some nice uh, arm work, hits a great knee to Flair's arm. They trade small packages. Adams does a side headlock on Flair, which seems like a very long time. And every time Flair tries to escape, Adam holds on to it. 
There's a nice trading forearms between the two. Adams then has Flair on the ropes, but gets tossed outside. Flair does elbows to his face on the apron. Adam Sunset flip back in for two, followed by a backslide for two and a botched backdrop. Um, suplex for two. Adams gets a sleeper, but Flair hits a backbreaker. Adams gets another backslide for another two and a bridge. Flair gets uh, back in control. Adams hits a super kick, but he's tired. Flair falls on apron on outside and um, outside and over spot as he's thrown into the ape, um, to the corner. Adam does Adams does a diving headbutt for two. Adams gets another super kick, but Flair gets his foot on the ropes at the two count. Flair reverses a throw in the corner, but Adams with a cross body, but Flair rolls through and gets the three count. Um, overall, I enjoyed this. Um, and I kind of have always thought Adams was underrated great, but I also like, again, we have Flair going to a territory where we don't have a schmaz and we actually have a finish. Um, I thought the first 10 minutes was a lot of arm work and headlock, but I thought the second half was nice. So I actually went two and a half on this. Dr. G, what did you think? I did the same. I went uh, two and a half as well. Uh, yeah, the first part of the match was a little, um, I don't want to say, I don't want to say more boring, but it was, uh, you know, a lot of arm work. Uh, but then the match did pick up and gentlemen, Chris Adams has had some good matches. I've seen some good matches with him over the years. He's, he's actually, he's, he's really, really good heel. Um, you know, when he's in his heel persona, but, um, you know, he was uh, one of those guys that was, you know, um, you know, he he was ready to break out to superstardom. He just it kind of he kind of did himself in, uh, to be honest. But um, uh, yeah, I, I thought uh, you know, like I said, not a great match by any stretch of the imagination, but nothing nothing bad. You know, nothing a uh, nice TV match uh, to get for the championship. And I like the fact that there was an actual finish and not, no schmas like we get over in mid mid Atlantic. So uh, two and a half. All right, I'm two and a half, two. Um, Column, uh, Chris Adams, probably the only one to make me interested in any kind of feud with Terry Taylor back in the UWF days. What did you think of this match? We are we are off again, guys. I went, I, I really, really enjoyed this one. Hmm. I went um, I went three and a half on it. I really enjoyed it. God, I can't uh, figure it. I can't figure, our shit, I can't figure our shit out, man. On it, this, I mean, this was my first one, like... An auspicious start, right? So a couple of really um, like the quick pinfalls at the end. Um, could the ref had made any less of an effort to go down and make the counts? I mean, it couldn't even like it was just down on one. Who, who was the ref? Was it Brocco? I think it was. Well, there yeah, you he, go. He Brocco. was horrible. My Brocco, God, Brocco, no, Brocco, no, guys, Lubitsch in world class is like all time. He's like worse than Tommy Young. He moves at a snail's pace. Every and he counts with. He's just so slow. So yeah, sorry, go I ahead. Mean, he was, I, I mean, you know, I think it's time time to get out of the ring and out the stripes and into the Cairo Bronco because it's just not 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 good enough. The crowd was the crowd was at those again. Uh, ding ding, crowd was hot for this one. Um, Flair was giving Adams everything he could. I mean, he stood for everything he sold and reacted to everything excellently. And it made Adams look like an absolute hero. Uh, it made him look like a million dollars. Um, I felt the pacing of it. It just moved. It, it just um, it got it, it heated up at exactly the right pace. I think it was just everything. Every time it needed to get a bit hotter, it did. There was no. I, I didn't think there was any. It moved at a fair clip. I mean, I think it was only 15, 15 20 minutes long, but it just moved at the right pace. Um, the crowd when Adams hits that last super kick was mm-hmm. I was out of this world. Um, By the way, was, how great is Adams' super kick? He's oh, really good. That super kick so is amazing. Good. Yeah, it's very good. I, mean, I popped. I popped for the super kick. I mean, I love the super kick as a finisher, and it's, I, I, it's devastating what it's become in twenty twenty two because of those two fannies. Um, it, it's just oh, yeah, un, unbelievable. Um, the, the, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was absolutely excellent. All right, Scott Shiflet, what'd you think? I, you know, me and Callum are lockstep tonight. Uh, three and a mm-hmm. half in our first match. I mean, we may go downhill with the other matches that we cover, but three and oh, a half. I, th- I think the next match is gonna. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Um, I just really enjoyed this. I will say the announcing also sucked because they called it Insiguri a super kick. So. Yeah. Not only was uh, Bronco Luvich probably one of the worst 
refs with the way he, his counting it was it was all it threw me off mark, mark lawrence is not my favorite commentator by any yeah threat. yeah i will i will say they did we're, we're talking about david von eric looking like a champ so obviously this is before he passed away and i i know he was uh scheduled to actually win the title off flair and it went to carry so um that, that's a nice little what uh, you know wccw is a whole list of what ifs from the von eric's to uh to gino and and even chris adams to an extent so i know he got in some legal trouble but um i, I was really enjoying like i even has uh here's a note callum just for you that adams has a legit super kick and flair like still puts over the move because he gets his foot on the ropes he doesn't kick out he gets his foot on the ropes and i just um i just really enjoyed this a lot and it was uh, I, I love the finish with like flare reverse and the cross body block for the for the win. I like I said, I went three and a half as well. Like uh, these, I would like to see more of these guys, but I'm not sure if it was. Yeah, just I, I, but a I'm not, listen, listen, I'm not gonna give you. I, I, I'm not gonna give you guys hell. It's funny that we're so far off. I, again, for me, I guess the first ten minutes just seemed really slow. It was a lot of arm work and headlock, and the second half was really really good. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess the benefit in all this is we've now seen flare. So in our pre-Crockett match here spotlights, this is our second one where we've seen Flair go to world class, and he's had some pretty damn good matches there with clean finishes, which, unlike your biggest gripe, Schiff, in Japan, we never seem to get a clean finish on anything on this show. So it's actually good to see for a change. Yep. Um, yep. All right, so our second match, I think this one's going to be quite controversial, probably more so on what I'm going to give this match, but I'm going to do my best to get through it, and then I'll take the heat. So you have the Road Warriors and Jake Roberts versus King Kong Bundy Ron Garvin and Tim fucking Horner, which totally surprised me. So Horner for me, <laughs> yeah, your dog apparently thinks Horner's something too. Um, Tim Horner for me was more of a uh, good hand baby face as we got in the 1987, um, which we'll talk more about him here. So to see him here in 84 was interesting. This is from Georgia Championship Wrestling, March of 84. Uh, the Warriors of Roberts are the heel team. Bundy is a face I never remember. Um, and then we all know how I feel about Ron Garvin. But here's what's interesting. So at first glance, Tim Horner seems very out of place for me. And Bundy being on the face team was very odd. Um, uh, uh, drunk solely on commentary. Um, I do enjoy that at this time, Hawk is still being called the Hawk. He is not just Hawk. He is the Hawk and animals the animal. Uh, Horner, for me, uh, very shocking is the baby face getting the offense on Hawk with actual wrestling moves. Um, it was weird seeing Bundy get face pops fighting Animal and Jake. Uh, Garvin, are, Garvin and Jake the Snake are in the middle of a feud, by the way, here for the TV title. The crowd is super hot. Ollie comes out on commentary. Animal gets a one-hand slam on Garvin. Tim Horner is hitting drop kicks on all the heels, and I'm astonished, actually, um, especially with the Road Warriors um, selling for Horner. Crowd cheers an avalanche um, by, from Bundy and a running elbow on Hawk. Garvin drop kicks Hawk out of the ring and all the heels bail outside. Uh, there's a, it's kind of a, for me, I thought it was kind of a hot three-minute start as we cut the break. Back from break, Jake in is in control of Horner. Heels work over Horner as Ollie talks up Horner. Uh, Horner gets a roll behind of two on an attempted animal press slam. Horner is a face in peril against his team. is actually very crazy to me as we get him in our timeline, like I said, um, in 1987 where he's a good hand like uh, Sam Houston. Uh, heels beat up Horner for a while until he gets to tag to Garvin. Garvin is kicking all the heels' asses to the crowd's delight. Horner tags tags back in, which seems like a mistake as heels quickly work him over. Horner then gets another hot tag to Garvin and he slams and stomps Jake, but Jake chops him in the throat. Hawk tags in, works over Garvin. Garvin escapes with an arm drag and again tags in Horner. I don't get why they keep tagging Horner. I don't know why they're not tagging Bundy because I, I would like to see more of face Bundy. Horner misses a drop kick on Jake but falls behind a slam attempt for a roll up. Hawk runs off ropes and absolutely destroys Horner with a really good clothesline. The DQ is called, and we end the match at a free-for-all. Okay, so here's a shit take. I'm going to take my beating. I really thought this was good. I thought it was nine minutes of uh, just like total nonstop action. I was disappointed by the lack of Bunny, but surprised by Horner as a hot baby face and the LED selling for it. Um, I don't. I went three stars, guys. I liked it. I, I If it's a shit take, it's a shit Ooh. take. But, and, I thought, and I thought freaking Horner eating shit. You know why I liked it? The unexpectedness of Horner being the top face in this match against who was in the ring with him totally shocked and stunned me. And that clothesline he ate at the end, he freaking got killed. G, go. I know you're not going to agree with me, but that's fine. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I, no, I, 
I went two and a half stars. I, I, I didn't think it was a three star match. Um, I, it, I was surprised about Horner. I mean, I don't, again, this is sometime I don't really totally remember this. I obviously remember the, uh, that's how they started the Legion of Doom was, you know, Jake the Snake was part of, of their. Uh, and Bu- and was it Bundy in it at one point too? Bundy was, I yeah. think. Bundy was probably in it, right? I want to say maybe it was after this, but maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the storyline was. Maybe yeah. while he was on the other team. Um, de- definitely would have loved to have seen some more face uh, Bundy. Looking at it on paper, I would have thought this match would have been awful. Like, yes, me too. You know, but it wound up being better than I thought. I'm not not a great match by any stretch of imagination, but nothing that you know, a nice TV match. Um, it was it actually was more action packed than I expected. Um, obviously, and, with Corner, I, yeah. I, I, Corner was the surprising guy in the match for me. Yeah, uh, just like you. Um, so I, I mean. Uh, Again, I I don't I would I would never say it was one star match or anything like that, but two and a half stars. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't have gone ha- as high as you did, but um, definitely unexpected, uh, especially with Road Warriors still being relatively green at this time. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just a pleasant surprise, and maybe that's when I went so high because I didn't expect it to be. I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did, I guess. Uh, Column, how about you? I um, I thought this was enjoyable. Um, I, I, I an auspicious start when I heard that um, Gordon Nasoli um, <laughs> is uh, commentating, and um, my first comment on the match itself was Bundy is a very round man. Um, I was interested by Garvin and Roberts um, squaring mm-hmm. off against each other because obviously they've got um, both of them in their own unique way are, are, are masters of psychology when, when they're wrestling um, so I think the, the two of them pairing off together would be would be something special um, I was surprised at the amount of selling that the, the Road Warriors was doing Road Warriors were doing I mean Tim Horner comes in like a house of fire at one point and is, is flinging drop kicks left right and centre and the, the Road Warriors are bumping like there's no tomorrow for them it's um, crazy right for Tim fucking Horner yeah I, mean, it's, yeah I mean all I'm thinking is Tim, Tim Horner was you know Smoky Mountain Wrestling Legends. I don't think he was up up there with the with being able to, like the Road Warriors are going to sell for him. But 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 here we are, um, and I've uh, word for word, Hawk took uh, Hawk took Horner's head off at the end. Um, so yeah, it was. I mean, it was. I I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I would say it was probably just split right down the middle, two and a half. Um, because I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was. It was bad at all. I think it. It went at a, it went at a fair clip. Everybody got their stuff in. Everyone was was working hard, and um, yeah, it was just fast paced chaos. All right, Schiff. Uh, yeah, I went two and a quarter for this. I love that clothesline from Hawk mm-hmm. to Horner at the very end. It was just ferocious. I do have uh, Horner also had some nice drop kicks. I will say that Jake's gear looked like shit. Looked like he was like um, in pajamas. Um, also, you could definitely tell that he was on the gas because if he looked like Sam Houston-ish here, and then you saw him in WWF, and it's like two different, entirely different people. Um, you know, and Ron Garvin actually looked different. Like, I guess it was his hair. He was kind of, look, he looked a little like Dino Bravo right there. But, um, yeah, I, you know, it was just a basic match. Uh, it was weird seeing Bundy as a, as a baby face. I'd only seen him as a heel with WrestleMania, um, two and like his run in 1994 but yeah just just two and a quarter um i love seeing hawk like that that clothesline you guys need to go out of your way to see because yeah he comes off the he comes off the ropes and just murders poor tim horner and tim horner actually has some good drop kicks as well so i think i gave a half star just for that clothesline it's really good at, at first i didn't know what he was doing because like he like seems like he's like lost in the ring but then like he's like no i'm gonna get optimal attack on this and just runs off the ropes and just kills him and i thought that was like i thought that was the end with like him trying to figure out which way to hit twin horner caused like the three to happen which might have been the case I, I i can't tell you who won i didn't know if it was a schmoz or what so what if i were to tell you guys that the week after this match word warrior hawk took on tim horner in a singles match and tim horner pinned hawk <laughs> that, no that really happened Tim that's Horner not, beat Tim Horner beat Road Warrior Hawk. That's not a sense of that I think I tell you. 
Yeah, so you, we might have we might have to watch that at some point, but that's just unbelievable to me. Tim Horner in '84, right? Again, like Dr. G said, I had no concept of Tim Horner pre '87, so it's pretty crazy. All right, our third. So okay, so we've had two decent matches to kind of ease into this podcast. Now we're gonna talk, now we're third match. <laughs> we're going to Worldwide Wrestling. Uh, this is 1984. I don't know how the exact date. But is Adrian Street, who I believe we've watched once on this show and we all quite enjoyed, I think, the match he was in. Colin, do you remember who that was against? Because I know it was during our summer off from Peacock, and I don't remember who he faced. Do you? I want to say Paul Ellering, but I could be very, very wrong. Mm, I know it was somebody. But anyway, um, we I think we rather liked that match quite a bit, right, when we watched that with Street? We were at least two. It was at least two, two and a quarter, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't think yeah. it was. I, I don't yeah. think it was. It was bad. It, it yeah. must have been on end with somebody of a, of a very reasonable high caliber. All right. Well, tonight we have Adrian Street, who I've had no memory whatsoever of ever being in the NWA, uh, the Mid Atlantic Territory in 1984, taking on uh, staple hated Jimmy Valiant on this show. Um, which again, just on paper, looks like it would be a complete disaster. So anyway. Street is out with Miss Linda, looking very outlandish. And, you know, Street's character in Mid-Atlantic is very interesting to me because he's a very WWF New York character in Mid-Atlantic. Doesn't really quite seem fit the mold. Uh, David Crockett's on commentary, and crowd absolutely loses its shit for Valiant to the point where I can't even hear the commentary, which is, I just don't get it. Um, So apparently the purpose of this match is for Jimmy to get the dress he carries out onto Street. And... Street is very upset about the dress because uh, Jimmy is swinging it around um, in his face and doesn't appreciate it very much. Um, we get a side video of the crowd of them cheering Valiant, which, again, is like this little box at the end where it's like picture in picture of the crowd just going shit crazy for Valiant that Crockett absolutely leads into. At this point... Um, a lot of street skipping to avoid Valiant. Crockett talks about all the makeup to distract his opponents to think about something else. Valiant finally connects with the right hand after four minutes of bullshit. Uh, Kriad reacts to this like Valiant has just had the greatest match of all time. Valiant goes behind with a waist lock and Street escapes by wiggling his ass into Valiant's crotch. And I would be lying to you if I didn't laugh as Street celebrates this. Valiant gets a full Nelson, then turns and uh, butt bumps Street to the outside. Street then gets a full Nelson, then tries to do the same thing, but Valiant moves on the bump pump, and then Street falls. falls. Street then comes back in and beats up Valiant. Uh, Linda pulls Jimmy's hair on a ref distraction. Valiant gets a sleeper, and he gets Street to the mat and pins him at 645 with a sleeper. Uh, he goes to put the dress on. Uh, Linda is in and hits Valiant with her pocketbook. Then they beat up Valiant and put the dress on him. Jimmy hawks up and clobbers Street, then elbows Street out of the ring and rips the dress off as the heels retreat. I am going to reverse reserve comment. I'm going to column first. So you'll be happy to hear that uh, <laughs> the the Adrian Street match that you were talking about it was actually the first match I have I have taken my notes for in this here notepad that I have in front of me. It was on wow. and, it was in Crock and Roll episode twenty, Houston Layover Part Two. He, uh, in my opinion, had a two star match with one Terrence Taylor. Wow, the computerized wow. man of the nineties. So I was right about two stars. That's okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so now that I need to go back all these pages. Wow, 20, 29 episodes. That's a big pad. <laughs> I, 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 did a, I did a lot of them on the thing. I did a lot of them on the computer. I've, I've, I've just, they, I lost the pad in the move. Um, so we've actually, like, out of the 29 episodes, I think about 28 of them are missing. Nice. Um, the video title was A Year of Transition. That's what it was, A Year of Transition. Yeah. Thank you, yes. 1984, A Year of Transition, part 55. Now, Unfortunately, in the, the the part fifty five or in the fifty four parts before it, they couldn't transition Jimmy Valiant out, <laughs> which is very very disappointing. My next notes are here: whole lot of stalling, whole lot of nothing happening. What the fuck did I just watch? That was rubbish. It was an eight minute video. Approximately five of that was the match, and three and a half minutes of that five minute match, there was nothing happening. This was all about getting to the end of that that end um, se- uh, segment. 
all to have the dress put on Jimmy Valley so he could tear it off like Hulk Hogan. This was... Yeah. What a waste. This was not good. I... Yeah, I think I'll go dud on it. I didn't. I mean, it was just. It was. It so was, was there like no? Okay, to take the match aside, were you entertained by nothing? Like none of the like street antics, none of it. I mean, I am entertained by like Agent Street as as from the very few, the very limited Agent Street I've seen. Um, is is an entertaining character. Um, I just didn't. I just. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, the the the, the post match assault, I think, was 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 okay. From Miss Linda, um, the match itself that didn't didn't do anything for me. I mean, it was all centered around the pre and the post match. Um, you might get you might get you might get a star or two from me for the whole the whole package. The match itself was just was nonsense. It was just it was there to be the meat in the middle of this um, of this angle that they had. They had no need they had no need for it. They could have done it. They could have done it any way they wanted. They could have done the game. Like they could have had Jimmy Valiant go up to, I, I don't know if they were doing the, 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 the sort of the podium interviews. I imagine they still would have been. It was only nine, only a year earlier. They could have done that and had him attack him there, um, and put the dress on him. There's no need for the match. Um, so yeah, yeah it's it, it's one of these things. It was more the match was just there to allow the angle to happen. Yeah, but the crowd, the crowd just absolutely loses its shit. For Jimmy Valiant. Schiff, I know you absolutely hated this, right? Yeah, this was god awful. I went dud as well. Right. Like, um, this this was a long eight minutes. Uh, like nothing was happening. Um, you know, like they were did like this weird. I guess Jimmy Valiant created the rear view that Naomi uses because he he did that to knock Street out of the ring. I and then like Valiant did his best Hulk Hogan impersonation with ripping off the dress. Dud, like. I agree. It could have been a year of transition and getting Valiant off off our TV. Callum was a hundred percent right with that comment. All right, and Doctor G, what do you think? I, uh, I I I think I went like a half a star on it just because <laughs> I I gave it something just because uh, I I do enjoy Adrian Street. Uh, Adrian Street's like the original Gold Dust if if uh, if you wanted to compare to anyone, and also. Let me tell you something. He's got a vicious side to him. He had a a, a vicious feud in Florida in the mid '80s with uh, Dusty Rhodes, believe it or not. Um, so if you if you Google some of that, there was you know he definitely was involved in some feuds. Wherever he went, I um, mean, he didn't stay long. He was more of a, an attraction, um, but he would win a lot of his matches. Um, Jimmy Valiant, I just don't get it. I, I know he was also big in Memphis, guys too. He was one of the popular guys in Memphis as well. So. There's just something he brings uh, to the, to the, that 80s crowd. Um, <clears throat> the match was kind of nothing to me. Uh, like Callum said, you could probably just done the uh, the actual um, uh, storyline without even having to have the match. Um, but I, maybe it's just because of Jimmy Valiant and we've just seen so much crap from him that we're just um, tainted a little bit. But I, I just there wasn't anything that was that enjoyable. So I'm. I'm assuming, Sean, that you did like this a little bit. Okay, so let me get some clarity. Did the, the match sucks. Okay. As far as the Jimmy... Okay, so you remember how we always talk about I don't understand why the Mid-Atlantic crowd is likes Jimmy Valiant and right. what he brings? I, this match, I kind of, I guess for me, kind of saw what it was because I think between the antics between him and Street, I kind of get why they were entertained. Street is a very outside the box mid-atlantic wrestler like like i said he's like more new york so their antics and his shit with the antics with jimmy valiant for this crowd i could see why that's probably over now as far as the match matches shit it's 100 percent dud was i entertained yes i was so when i say so i know when pre like when we were pre-recording this i said i've probably never been more entertained by a jimmy valiant match that's probably true but the match itself absolutely sucks so Hopefully that gives it a not shit take context to it, but I was entertained. I thought, I mean, I thought Street rubbing his ass in the diet and then diet moving on the bump and Street falling out. I mean, I was entertained. I was so, but the match was a complete and utter dud. Would you guys like to shit take me on any of that before we move on, or no? Column, shift. Nope. Yeah. 
I respect your opinion, even though I, I, it was a dud of a match. I was entertained. So, Callum, we, we have we have a uh, no. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and on that note, we'll go to our next match. Place to be Nation Wrestling Network. Welcome back to the second half of episode 49 of NWA Crock and Roll. Um, you'll notice that the voice talking to you just now is not Sean Kidd. Um, Sean's had to leave us. He got a very important call during the break um, from Jim Crock. He has to go and actually take care of some uh, uh, some business for the musical acts due to appear uh, at the Great American Bash. Um, I hear that Willie Nelson um, is trying to pull out contact has been made he's trying to pull out um of, of of one of the one of the dates and 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 sean is is trying his best to, to recover that so um we shall see what happens in there but you do still have the three remaining horsemen to guide you through the second half of this episode um which kicks off uh, at the uh, tulsa convention center um, for Mid-South Wrestling and on the 26th of August 1984 it is a bunkhouse tag team match between the team of Hacksaw Jim Duggan and the American Dream Dusty Rhodes against Hercules Hernandez and Butch Reed um, it is a bunkhouse match so uh, all, all the competitors are in um, their traditional bunkhouse match gear and before I continue I should let you know that uh, Hercules and uh, Reed are accompanied to the ring by Jim Cornette. Uh, so Rhodes and Duggan came out like a house on fire and the heels bear bail for the ring. Um, there is a bit of stalling to begin this. Um, and I noticed at this point that the match had been shot on one single handheld camera at ringside. So there's a fair chance that we could miss something if it becomes a bit chaotic. Uh, the crowd is fully behind Dusty as things get underway with a collar and elbow tie-up in this all-round brawl fest of a bunkhouse match. Uh, Dusty gets the better of both men with a couple of not-so-big uh, bionic elbows. Um, or a couple of big not-so-bionic elbows, should I say. And again, the heels stall out to the outside to regroup. Uh, we're a good four minutes into the match uh, before more stuff happens. Um, Dusty gets the better of Butch uh, with a couple of punches before he starts to bite his head, uh, before uh, Reed bails out again and more. we get more stalling. Reed is back in the ring and Dusty hits him with what can only be described as a bionic low blow. Hercules is tagged in by Reed and Dusty tags in Duggan, who the crowd are also pretty loud for. Duggan takes down Hercules with an atomic drop, nails Reed on the apron with a big right hand and the match is now starting to break down. Duggan starts to choke Hercules in the corner before Dusty and Duggan take turns to beat down Herc some more. Uh, Duggan is nailing both opponents with right hands loaded with a leather belt and beats down Herc, Herc in the middle of the ring as the referee tries to impose some rules on Dusty in a no disqualification match. The heels take over when Reed hits Duggan in the back uh, as he's running the ropes and uh, Herc is choking Duggan with the belt, um, giving him some more belt-loaded right hands of his own. As we see Dusty, uh, as we see uh, Dusty being hit by Reed with a chair in the background. Chaos is ensuing and uh, predictably the single camera can't keep up with the action. Uh, Reed and Hercules double team Dusty as Reed is choking him whilst uh, Herc lays into him with some punches. Uh, Dusty fights back hitting both men with a double bionic elbow but he can't capitalise as he falls to the mat uh, Dusty and Duggan come back with the do do type move where, where they counter the double Irish whip and give uh, uh, each uh, opponent a clothesline Reed drops down an Irish whip to Dusty who runs into Duggan knocking him to the outside whilst Duggan's on the outside Cornette throws power, uh, powder in Duggan's eyes um, whilst Reed is attempting a pile driver on Dusty in the middle of the ring, which Dusty counters, uh, but the ref is distracted and misses the pinfall, which allows Hercules to come in, stomp Dusty in the back of the head, uh, which gives um, Reed enough time to cover Dusty for the three count and the win. Uh, that really was something. Um, it took a long time to get going, but when it did, it was non-stop from that point on. I do wish there was a second camera or possibly uh, a hard cam that you can that we could have done, but this wasn't a TV match. It was just a it was just a house show, so I uh, can't rag on them too much, and they got as much of the action as they could, so I can't really complain too much again. Um, this match was really good once it got going, and I gave this one 2.75 stars. Uh, so go to Dr. G first. What did you think about this one? 
I thought this was uh, I thought this was uh, like you said it, it started off a little slow but once it got going uh, definitely you could tell the single camera shot it was like there was a lot of action going on and the crowd was really into it um, the the finish was kind of shocking were you a little shocked I was kind of shocked yeah it, it just seemed to come out it just seemed to come out of nowhere I was thinking a big a bigger move than a than a stomp to the back of the head would have would have done it yeah, exactly. So, um, but I gave I gave this uh, two and a half stars. I enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was a fun match, and uh, you know, just something a little different. You know, seeing Hacksaw and uh, and uh, Dusty teaming together was kind of interesting. Um, but um, yeah, no, I I I, I like the action, and uh, I just you know, to me, when a crowd's into it, that really makes helps make the match. I think. Because you just you kind of get caught up in the moment of it, so. Uh, but like you said, a little slow to start out, but once it got going, it was it, you know a lot of action. Yeah, ab- uh, absolutely. Um, agree with everything. Agree with everything you, that you've said there, uh, Scott. What are your thoughts on this one? I went, I went two and a half. I, I, you know, the the one camera thing was a little rough, but I did love how Dusty hit the elbows to Reed at the very beginning, and the place lost their damn mind. This was before he did the the elbows to the nuts um, on Reed. It was just great. Like the crowd was just loving Dusty, and um, Duggan actually brought out some uh, tape that he then choked um, uh, Hercules with, which I believe he used the same tape in WCW in 1995 and 96, which I thought was, um, you know, a nice little ongoing th- thing. But no, I, and you know, I'm, I'm okay with Rhodes losing because he mid South wasn't his home territory. So you can't, you know, have the outsider come in and win. So I was okay with them losing and they did it, you know, even though there's no DQ via n- nefarious means, but this was just a fun match. And, you know, one little, them shooting one qu- from like three quarters of the ring aside, it, it it was a very good match, and I would just go out of your way to find this match. Yeah, so we're all roughly in the same ballpark. Uh, one two point seven five two two and a halfs from here, um, and Sean before he left has left some, uh, has left his ratings as well, and he went two and a half on this one as well. And I I I I. I Totally get your point that you made there, uh, Chef. It's a good point that you made that they're not going to. Dusty was the only person that was realistically going to lose. It's not his home territory. Um, and certainly, if the heels are going to win, they're not going to pin Duggan and keep uh, Dusty strong as he's as he's only there a, a bit part. And Duggan's one of the one of their, their main attractions. So, um, yeah, good, 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 good shout on that one. Hey. Uh, so we move from one tag match to another. Um, the next match we're looking at is um, the team of Manny Fernandez and Buzz Tyler against Black Bart and Dory Funk Jr. Um, with JJ Dillon at ringside. Uh, now this match is from the USA All-Star Wrestling Volume 1 tape um, and it is from a worldwide uh, taping but I cannot for the life of me find any other information on this match from either Cage Match or History of WWE.com. Uh, one of the teams comes out to Footloose. Um, I can't imagine it's Black Bart and Dory Funk Jr. Uh, Manny gets proceedings going with his usual fast-paced style on Black Bart, um, who tags in, uh, almost immediately tags in Dory Funk. Manny then tags in Tyler, um, who Funk doesn't want any part of, so he tags right back out to Bart. Tyler takes both men down with successive scoop slams as Bart and Funk head to the outside to regroup. Black Bart tries uh, to tag Dory in from the floor before the ref tells him, no, you cannot do that. Um, and not even Tommy Young's bullshit stretches as far to let somebody on the floor tag in their tag partner. Uh, Dory and Manny are in, and Funk is in control with punches in the corner before Hernandez counters an Irish whip with not one but two flying burritos. Dory throws, uh, Dory throws Manny to the outside, which allows JJ to put the boots to Manny. Um, and subsequently allows Funk and Bart to get the beat down. Um, as Tony and David hype up a match between Sergeant Slaughter, Don Carnodo and Magnum TA versus the Russians, uh, which sounds like an interesting match to say the least. Um, Funk and Bart continue to work away um, 
over Manny until Manny starts raging bullying up um, on Dory and fights back with multiple karate chops until Dory hits a back suplex for the double down. Dory misses an elbow and Manny makes the hot tag to Buzz Tyler, which uh, gets a reasonably decent pop. Um, surprisingly so, in fact. Uh, Bart is down after he misses a charge in the corner, which allows Dory to... Oh, sorry, uh, Buzz is down um, as he misses a charge in the corner, which allows Dory to lock in the spinning toehold, um, and he grabs the rope for leverage. Uh, we get a Tommy Young bullshit alert as he takes it upon himself to kick Dory's hand off the rope as opposed to counting him out and disqualifying the man. Uh, Buzz takes Dory down with a shoulder tackle and then runs the ropes as if... Uh, Run, uh, runs the ropes as if to wind up for another tackle um, until JJ low bridges him, which results in the DQ. Uh, chaos ensues both match with Manny taking uh, both Dory and JJ down, um, with JJ selling the flying burrito like absolute death. Meanwhile, Bart and Tyler brawl on the outside. Uh, this was this was this was passable. It was decent enough. It wasn't awful, um, and it was nice to see Dory Funk um, as well on on the pod. So. I'm not going to complain there. Um, as I say, decent enough TV match, and I have gone the gentleman's two on this one. Uh, so I'll go to you first, Mr. Scheffler. I really enjoyed this match. I went two and a half. Um, right. Yeah, I, w- I was shocked. Uh, I really thought I would be the low man on this. Um, but I loved uh, Raging Bull. He was going crazy on, on Bart. And um, for anyone that listens to the PTB and YouTube Roulette, uh, podcast we called Dory Funk DMV Dory and I just love seeing DMV Dory not moving at you know the slow speed the slow speed that I'm talking with right now and um, it, it was nice and I noticed that Tony said that Dory is the master of oriental style of fighting at one point if someone can please explain to me what that is I'd or just not a cheeky way of saying like, oh, he fights, you know, for for new for new Japan and all Japan. Um, I didn't like the ending, the BSDQ over the top rope. I remember as a kid, I thought that was real cool, something that set WCW and WA apart from WWF. But that's the most chicken shit rule that they had to basically <laughs> get someone out of it, and it just pisses me off. Like, cause this was a fun match, and I don't know if you guys realized. Um, it was JJ at ringside with with Black Bart and Dory, right? Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure I had that correct. But it was, it's just crazy. I know, like, we had talked on previous episodes how he was with other wrestlers, but I didn't know that he was slumming it with Black Bart and DMV Dory. So, um, no, it was a fun match. Like, I love seeing Raging Bull. He's someone who I thought, after seeing him in a bunch of matches, he could have been, like, you know, just above – like at the same level as Jimmy Garvin, as Dr. G said last uh, episode of like, you know, upper mid card or mid card, but he just seems to be a jobber to the star, sadly, but he, he's a lot of fun and the crowd was really behind him. Oh yeah. He's, he, he is excellent. Um, yeah. When we first, if you think back to when we first started JJ, like look where JJ is now. JJ started this, uh, our journey. He was, had Buddy Landale, he had Black Bart, and I think he either was just about to kick Ron Bass to the curb or already had, shortly before our timeline, kicked Ron Bass to the curb. And to think he's now with the Four Horsemen is quite is quite the year um, for, for, for Mr. Dillon. It's um, quite the upgrade. It certainly is. Um, so we have um, a, a Gentleman's 2. We've got a 2.5. Um, and we've got, we have got, what did, what did you give it, Dr. G? Make it two gentlemen's two. Uh, two gentlemen's two. Yeah, I, I, you know, the match was okay. I, you know, I, Raging Bull, obviously, I think was the star of the match. Um, J.J. Dillon, by the way, yes, he used to manage uh, Black Bart actually in Florida as well. Uh, Ron Bass and, um, and Dory Funk, I think. Dory used to come in and out of Florida as well, so. Um, you know, so he has some history with these guys, uh, but he definitely uh, upgraded. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But um, no, I mean, uh, the, you know, the action was uh, was was pretty good. I mean, like I said, it was it, it kept you intrigued. Um, I, I, Buzz Tyler, I, 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 he just seems like he's just one of those guys that are, um, 
like just to the to the actual territory, the Carolinas. I think like that's his main, you know, where he, I guess if you want to say, made his name. <laughs> um, I would have loved to see Raging Bull with a different opponent, uh, uh, partner, but um, and then you know Black Bart is Black Bart, you know, and and Dory Far I agree with you. Sometimes Dory Funk could be slow and plotting and. Um, but, uh, but there are times when Dory Funk will, will put on a great match. Uh, you know, you know what, he's a, he was a great wrestler. It's just that he just did a style that, you know, it was not like his brother. He just did a style that was more, uh, slow paced, but, uh, yes. gentlemen. No, that's, that, that's, that's fair. So two gentlemen's two, a, a gentleman's two and a half, um, and a 2.25 uh, was, was given by Sean. Um, yeah, I find it quite funny that, that we've, we've finally seen Buzz Tyler. I think he was he was mid-Atlantic champion for a good six, the first six months of our timeline, and I think we only saw him once on the Great American Bash 85 as, like, the third man in a six-man tag match. Um so the the mystery man Buzz Taylor reveals himself. Um, so we move on now to the final match of the episode. It is another tag match, um, and this is from I believe Mid Atlantic Tele uh, Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling Television Show on the twentieth of June nineteen eighty four. It pits Mark Youngblood and the Renegade against Ivan Koloff and Don Carnado for the NWA World. Tag Team Championships, and this is a no disqualification match. Uh, so the Renegade is the alter ego um, of, is actually the alter ego of Mark's older brother Jay Youngblood. Um, and in my research, I find out I actually share a birthday with Mark Youngblood. So uh, there we go. We are birthday brothers. <laughs> um, a hot start from all four men brawling in the ring before Tommy Young gets some semblance of order and. Uh, we start with the good guys taking turns working over Koloff. Um, the crowd is uh, so hot, um, as we come to expect from, from the Mid-Atlantic TV show, um, but they go a step higher again when Youngblood gets a sunset flip on Koloff, um, but Ivan is in the ropes, so no count happens, but this is they're, they're, they're baying for blood um, already. Um, Mark locks in a side headlock on Carnado as the crowd are reaching a fever pitch, uh, Renegade hits an elbow drop for a two count as the good guys continue to work over Canoddle. Um A couple of fun moments uh, then happen. First, when Koloff is in the neutral corner in discussion with Tommy Young, Renegade takes Don over to his corner and then pulls him away when Ivan realises what's happening and goes over to make the save. Um, and then when Ivan is distracted again with Young, Renegade quickly lets go of the headlock, drop kicks Ivan off the apron and is then straight back to the headlock. And the crowd are all over this. Um, Youngblood is then tagged in and repeats the first spot. And again, the fans are all are, are all over the fact that the faces are outsmarting the heels. Um, Carnado finally manages to fight back and almost takes Youngblood's head off with an absolutely disgusting clothesline. Uh, both men make the tag, um, first with Don making the tag to Koloff, and then just as Ivan is getting to Youngblood, um, he tags in the Renegade, and my god, that pop. Uh, Renegade has the upper hand um, off, off, off the hot tag and hits Ivan with a drop kick and a bulldog before both men end up down when they knock heads in the middle of the ring and this allows Koloff and Carnado to take over. Uh, we almost get a Tommy Young bullshit alert as Carnado uh, uh, blatantly throws Renegade over the top which uh, which he must have seen at least out the corner of the eye but it's at this point Johnny Weaver reliably tells us that this is a no DQ match and therefore it is as legal as a headlock as a great man once said uh, Koloff and Carnado take turns putting the boots to Renegade before Koloff locks in a sleeper hold Renegade looks to be passing out and Koloff covers him for a two count uh, the Renegade gets a brief hope spot with a couple of chops moving out the way uh, of a Koloff corner charge and rolling away from an Ivan elbow drop, but it is to no avail as Ivan locks in a bear hug. Um, the crowd were ready for the comeback and the hot tag there, um, and, and, and they're just getting more and more um, behind the Renegade, and the crowd are, are, are again reaching a fever pitch here. Um, eventually, the Renegade starts to bite Ivan's head uh, in an attempt to get out the hole, but Carnodal attacks him after a blind tag. Um, the crowd at this point are ready to explode, um, and uh, if and when the Renegade can make that tag. Uh, Renegade makes it to his feet first, 
Um, and all he has to do is move two feet to his left, but he's got nothing left to give. And Don tackles him from behind right before he could fall over and make the tag. And even I bit on that on that one. Uh, Canodo picks up Renegade, um, but Renegade manages to to roll Don up in a small package for a two count as David Crockett is having an aneurysm in commentary. Renegade fights back both men and he's walking backwards towards his corner for the tag, but Ivan trips him up. Renegade continues to fight for his life, but he's always in the wrong corner at this point. And Carnodo is tagged in. Uh, he picks up Renegade, but Renegade manages to lock in an abdominal stretch um, for a bit of a comeback. And uh, But that is quickly broken up by uh, Koloff. Uh, Renegade finally gets Carnodo down with a running clothesline, but he's heading towards the wrong corner. Uh, but in an excellent bit of... of, of uh, working, he uses the fans to direct him back towards Mark in the right corner, a la Jake Roberts at WrestleMania 7. Uh, Renegade can finally make the tag, and oh my god, that pop is unbelievable. Uh, Mark comes in like a house in fire, taking taking out both men, throwing Carnodo over the top rope for a bit of retribution from earlier, and he does the same to Koloff as the Renegade and Don brawl on the outside. Uh, Mark hits a running chop on Carnodo for a two count. Koloff is tagged in. Um, but he doesn't kill Youngblood's momentum as Mark takes him down with a discus chop and a big elbow drop for another two count before Canodo breaks it up. Uh, Youngblood leapfrogs a charging Koloff who runs into his tag partner, which allows uh, Mark to lock in a sleeper hold. Uh, Nikita Koloff is then seen trying to enter the ring, which distracts Tommy Young long enough to allow Don to come off the top rope with a flying clothesline to the back of Youngblood's head, uh, which leads to Ivan covering Mark for the three count. I thought this was absolutely excellent. The the whole section uh, of Renegade selling uh, the prolonged beatdown was exceptional, um, and they did enough hope spots um, without it without them overstaying their welcome at becoming too great. And uh, they really hit the sweet spot in that. Um, there was times where I was biting along with the crowd, and I'm I, I am definitely going to go back and watch this again, um, just so I can I, I can watch it all the way through. It is genuinely one of the best matches I've seen since we've been doing this pod, and I give this one four stars. Uh, so I'll go to you first, Dr. G. What are your thoughts on this one? You know, the one thing I noticed with all this, that crowd was hot. Oh, oh man. Definitely. It's amazing. I mean, <laughs> um, three and a, I went three and a half stars. I really, really enjoyed this. I love the pace of everything. Um, I loved uh, the way the young blood sold and, you know, the, 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 the faces in peril kind of thing. Um it, just just they're all around i just enjoyed the match i didn't even have that many notes just because i enjoyed watching the match so much um and I, this one i actually watched today so um you know i really you know it was a little pick me up for on a monday you know as we're recording this so it's just just something i uh um i loved in terms of i love those matches down uh wherever they're at, wherever they record down there, that, that just, the crowd is just into every move, um, just makes the match so much more enjoyable. Um, and, and, and you going four stars, let me tell you, 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 <laughs> you can't argue with you on that one. It was, it was, it was really good, but I, I originally did three and a half stars. Um, but I could be persuaded to go a little higher. Well, I think I think anything in, I think anything in the in the three and a half or or, or up is 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 fair for this one because it is I say it is one of the is one of the the, the better matches we've seen on our um on on our timeline. Uh, I will just find the note that uh, Sean uh, gave. I'll get that back up. Uh, but I'll go to you, um, Scott, to close out the uh, close out the episode with your thoughts on this one. This match was awesome. Like. I, I, this is another one you should go out of your way to see. Like I was just, there was a clothesline at the very beginning of the match that sounded like a branch snapped. That's how hard it got hit. Um, I love that Renegade was getting confused on where to go for the hot tag. He went to the wrong corner. That's something I love. It's like the dazed and confused. He was finally able to make it. The crowd blew the roof off the top when Youngblood got the hot tag. And I was shocked with this ending with Kernodo off the top and Koloff and Kernodo get the win. I was legitimately shocked. I, I really thought Youngblood and Renegade was going to do it. And I didn't realize I was um, Youngblood's brother uh, with it. And I, I got lost in the match. That's why there's not that many notes here. It, 
uh, I was just like glued to my TV watching it. And it, it was, it was a banger of a match. And like you said, Callum, one of the best we've seen since, you know, since I've, since I've joined the podcast, um, I, I just can't get over it. I know the, I know a lot has been said about the young blood tag team in the eighties. And I, I believe I'm starting to believe the hype on this. Yeah. I, I think thinking back to, to some of the matches we've seen, there was the, the road warriors co-offs worldwide match from July 85, which I, I gushed over. I think that's, that's, one of the better matches. You've obviously got Magnum and Tully from Starcade and you've got a couple of the a couple of the Flair Garvin matches, but other than that, nothing nothing we've seen really comes comes close to this that, that I can that I can think of. This is this was this was excellent. Hey sorry Scott, what did you give again? I gave it three and a half. You gave it three and a half. So we've got a three we've got two three and a halves, we've got a four for myself. Uh, Sean uh, puts himself right in the middle. He goes three and three quarters on this one. So I think we can all agree an absolutely excellent way to, to round off episode number forty nine. Um, and, and that was a hidden gem. Like a hidden gem. I had no idea. I thought this match was gonna be bad because I saw that it was Koloff. Ivan Koloff was not that great, and then Kernodal. Which you know is hit or miss, but oh my goodness, uh, it, it was electric. Yeah, I, I thought that I, when I started this, I thought Ivan was, I, I thought the same about Ivan. But he, he, there's been some matches we've seen that he, he can hold, he can still hold his end of a bargain in a, in a, in a good in a good tag match as long as he's not, as long as he's not the, the, the focal point. He still he can still still knows his way around the. Around the ring, and that sort of that. This one, this one proves it absolutely, absolutely excellent. Um, so that rounds us, that rounds us off for for this episode. A look back at 1984, um, and uh, from some of our, our favourite Crockett stars that we've seen over the course of the pod. Um, we've got a very special episode number 50 coming up, as far as I am led to believe. Um, but that is that's Mr. Kid has got his fingerprints all over that one. Um, so uh, look out for that one dropping in a couple of weeks' time. Um, Dr. G, what have you got going on for the uh, good people on the wrestling network? Um, got uh, the uh, NWA Saturday special, which uh, drops every Saturday morning at 9 a.m., where we cover, I cover the with the uh, podfather himself, Scott Criscolo, we cover the current nwa and all the goings on there with uh, uh the most famous owner wpc himself william patrick oregon who uh, many are not happy with these days so uh but we break it down we tell it like it is and uh, but you know we love the nwa but if they're not doing stuff that uh you know that's not right for the fans we uh we make it known that's one thing we do so we don't we don't hold back and i could be reached at dr g ptb on Twitter. Dr. G, uh, co-host of the number one NWA podcast in the whole podcast sphere and um, the uh, most impartial NWA podcast in the whole podcast sphere, um, right here on the uh, Wrestling Network. Um, Chef, what have you got going on for the good people? Uh, just check out all the podcasts here on, um, you know, the wrestling feed, the pop feed, and the no so feed. Everyone's cranking out great material. Um, but yeah, it's it's just been a fun fun summer. It's been hot, but you know, the the content we're dropping is even hotter. And I can be found on Twitter at Scott underscore Shiflet. Excellent stuff. Uh, and for me, you can hear me on um, Wrestling's Chicken Salad. You can hear me on uh, the Starflation podcast, the Special Relations. Um, we are due to come back um, anytime now uh, with 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 the grand with the grand uh, comeback from our um, uh, sort of uh, paternity leave uh, hiatus. Um, and uh, please, um, if you could uh, like, follow, subscribe, any and all of our streaming accounts, uh, twitch.tv forward slash place to be nation, place to be nation all one word on YouTube, facebook.com forward slash PTBN live, and at PTBN YouTube on Twitter. It would be greatly, greatly appreciated. 
Uh, but that's all we've got for episode 49. Um, we'll be back with, as I said, a very special episode 50 um, in a couple of weeks' time. And then episode 51, we get cracking with June of 1986 um, in the run-up to the Great American Bash Tour uh, that is coming up in July. So um, if April and May are anything to go by, June should be another absolute banger of a month. Um, and we hope that you'll come along on the journey with us starting on uh, episode 51. Uh, but until then, we will see you in two weeks for our 50th episode. <laughs>